Welcome to Shi'ar Jeshub. Coming from Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut. Today, we will be continuing a sermon in Pastor Greg Scalzo's series on Heavenly Authority. The current topic is the Office of the Apostle, and in introduction, Pastor was discussing how Jesus is the great Apostle of our confession, the one sent forth. This sermon was preached in the month of December, and hence the Christmas references. Let's rejoin Pastor Greg Scalzo. In John chapter 17 and verse 1, Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son also may glorify you. This is at the Last Supper. As you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Apostello. He is the apostle. He is the one sent by God, the messenger, the one that is the exact representation of the image of God. He is God. He is God the Son. And the salvation, the good news, the gospel, was that the God, the true God, not all the imaginations of men, not all the twisted concepts that we want to make of God, but the one true God who is, saves mankind, gives eternal life, everlasting life, a life that will not end with this world. To those who know him and have received and know his son, Jesus Christ, whom he has sent. This is eternal life. God has sent his son into the world. He is set apart. He is sent out on a mission. In John chapter 3 and verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, the world apart from God is perishing, but instead have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. For God did not send apostello, the verb to send out, apostle, into the world, to condemn the world. We have a lot to be condemned about, but the mission of Jesus Christ coming into this world was not to condemn us, but to save us. This is the hour of salvation. This is the moment of grace. When you see Jesus Christ, who do you say he is? If the Spirit of God testifies to your heart, and you know that this one you see is the very representative, God in the flesh, and you turn to him, we have salvation. We have forgiveness of sins. Those who will not accept, who don't want the love of God, who don't want the life of God, that want to make a different image of God than the true God, they leave themselves in condemnation. Not one person will ever go to Gehenna, to hell, because God wants them to. He is not willing that any should perish, but all to come to everlasting life. 
And he loves us so much that he sends, sends out the apostle of our faith, Jesus Christ, to die for us, to take the penalty we deserve upon himself on that cross. That when we look to him, we see the justice of God, that God says we can't have sin. Sin hurts, sin harms, sin must be dealt with. And we see the mercy and love of God that he says, I will take this upon myself. I receive the sins of the world upon myself. And Jesus Christ dies in our place that we might live. God loves the world so much. He loves every person he's created that he gives this time of grace and mercy that we might be saved. He did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And that really is what we're celebrating this time of year at Christmas, isn't it? God sending his son into the world to save it. The world apart from God is lost. You think of that proclamation of the angels, the angel to the shepherds in Luke chapter 2. In Luke chapter 2 and verse 10, And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people, not just to Jews, but to Jews and Gentiles. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. A Savior. Mankind needs salvation. Every single one of us needs salvation. On our own, we're lost. We get hard. We sin. There is no hope. We can't be who we should be. How can we hope to stand someday in the presence of the holy, sinless God? We have a concept in our society today, well, if I die, certainly God will accept me. And actually, we make more of an image of God into a Santa Claus kind of figure than the almighty, holy God who created the heavens and earth. Sin cannot dwell in the presence of a holy God. What do we do to deal with our sins? What do we do to change? We don't have the power inside of us. We are not the source of life like a lamp that needs to be plugged in. We need to be plugged into God to receive his life. But we've pulled the plug. Our sins have pulled the plug and our relationship to the Almighty. How do we get back? How do we get saved? The city of David, a Savior who was Christ the Lord, is born to you this day. Good tidings, good news. That's the gospel. That's what gospel means. Gospel, good tidings of great joy. This is the happiest event. This is the most profound event in all of human history, in the whole history of the universe, that God has sent his son, that God has sent himself to become like one of us. He's frail. He's a baby in a manger. He grows up like one of us. He suffers in this world like one of us. He's tempted in the flesh in every way just like we are. He lives like one of us with one exception. He never once sins. He's sinless from the moment he's conceived to the moment he dies on the cross. He never once sins. And so only he can bring salvation. Only he can be the substitute. 
This is good news, good tidings of great joy. They're there in the night, and into the darkness, light shines. God sends his Son, and the light shines in the darkness. The magnificence, the splendor, the glory, the significance of the Incarnation, as was eloquently portrayed at the communion table this morning, is too easily lost in the Christmas celebration of our generation, of our time. Our generation seems to miss the cosmic significance of God becoming as one of us. The hymns and the carols they play, and maybe deep in the spirit, each individual, even if they don't know God, they respond, they sense there's something good here intuitively, but it doesn't last. They don't hear the words. I was struck the other night driving by the words of some of the hymns they were playing. And how many times those hymns become background music for the holiday and nobody listens to what's being said. Just a few of the words of O Holy Night. O Holy Night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of the dear Savior's birth. That's what we're celebrating. The birth of our Savior, the only one who can save. There is no name under heaven by which we can be saved except that of Jesus the Christ. Long lay the world in sin and error pining. Is that a good explanation of the world? Long lay the world in sin and error. We see around us every day sin and error, pining, crying out. Who saves us from the sin and the error? Till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. All of a sudden, the worthiness of every individual, that God so loved us that he created us, that God so loves us that even when we go far astray, even when no one seeks God, we live our lives and we don't give thought to why we were born, what are we here for, who made us. Yet Jesus Christ comes and he dies for each of us, showing that each soul is worthy, that God so loves each person that Jesus Christ gave his life for them till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. The world is weary and tired, and here now is the hope of mankind. For yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Now is the salvation. Now all the paganism and the darkness of the world, every, every group, every tribe, every nation, the abominations that they practiced, their images of God that made God like mere men with all the frailties and all the soap opera affairs going on, people worshiping nature as God, people worshiping demons as God, the abominations done one to another in their crazy pagan rituals. They've been finding the, the Aztec temples that they would have thousands of sacrifices of human beings. They would capture other Indian tribes, bring them in, and kill them alive as they pull out their organs from them. And, and inside they find chambers where children were tortured. And that's not just one group. If you go back into the religions of all the peoples, you find horror and darkness. Many times today, what poses itself as religion today, apart from Jesus Christ, is dark. Is scary. 
And here we have finally breaking into the imaginations of men and the hopelessness of men a new and glorious morn, the truth of God being proclaimed, that which was promised by the prophets being fulfilled, the truth being spoken, the light coming into the world, the logos, the word of God being born, and it's a new time. We don't appreciate, when I was not a Christian, I did not appreciate how much that I love about the world around us today in American society is only because of Jesus Christ. Only because people have a sense of right and wrong, of holiness, of judgment, of justice. Many people in our society do not know to whom they owe that which is good and holy and righteous and pure. It changed the whole world of mankind that night when Jesus Christ was born. Fall on your knees, O hear the angel voices, O night divine, O night when Christ was born, O night divine, O night, O night divine. So many of the hymns speak about this glorious time when the sadness of mankind stayed apart from Christ was shattered, when the darkness was shattered and God breathed his life, God sent Apostello, his son, into the world at the appointed time. We are so pleased to announce the launching of our newly redesigned website. The address is still shiarjashub.org, but we have reworked the pages to be more user-friendly with more content available. And if you forget how to spell Shi'ar Jashub, just go to Isaiah 7, verse 3. Join us next time for Shi'ar Jashub.